This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by a seven-time All-Star. He won five gold gloves, the four-time Silver Slugger winner. He won back-to-back NL MVPs in 1982 and 83. Ladies and gentlemen, Dale Murphy. Dale, we got it done. Thanks for coming on the Boone Podcast. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much, Brad. Uh, it's an honor to be on. I know you've had a little trouble scheduling me. And I, you're, you're, I apologize. You're a, you're a, you're a I apologize. diva. I should, I, should have given you, I should have given you my wife uh, Nancy's information. She's a lot better at doing this, scheduling. For those of you listening to the Boom Podcast, and I say this completely kidding, uh, me and Dale had to, it was just, you know, lack of communication, but we we eventually got it done, but I was thinking to myself, I'm I'm trying to book Beyonce here and I can't get her on. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for your patience. Um, You know, we just recently, we ran into each other in, in, uh, in Atlanta, both back there for an alumni activity. and you know, I <clears throat> truest field, and I and I hope I'm saying it right. Is the newest Atlanta Braves park since we? It seems like we get one now every ten or fifteen years. Yeah, it was really a cool place. I, I stayed in the hotel that was hooked, the Omni, which is hooked to kind of the yeah. the uh, the the field, and it was it was like downtown Disneyland. It seemed like outside of the hotel, where it's like you weren't in a real city. I felt like it was recreated, but it was. It was pretty awesome. I mean, I, I from a fan standpoint, if you're an Atlanta Brave, uh, everybody wearing Brave memorabilia. Everybody had a J- Braves jersey or shirt on, and there were little shops and and uh, restaurants. I know you have a a place down there, Murphs. Uh, but I was really impressed. It, it, the Braves have always had a big following, but uh, I played Turner Field. Uh, the one year I played for the Braves, obviously played against the Braves for a lot of years back in when it was Fulton County, where you played a lot of, you know, <laughs> your whole career. But I'll yeah. tell you, you know what it did to me? It kind of made me feel old. I'm like, wait a minute. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I'm playing in Fulton County. We get this brand new shiny ballpark in in uh, 
in Atlanta, I get traded to the Braves for that 90. We had a 99 run. I got to go to a World Series with the Braves. But we got this brand-new, shiny Turner Field. It was a little bigger than I liked. I liked Fulton County Stadium. Ball flew a yeah. little bit better there. Yeah, yeah. But but it's like I, I, I take a nap. I wake up, and there's a new ballpark in Atlanta. And they're – and they're, and they're, you know, especially this last five or six years, they're on another one of those big-time runs. Yeah, it's interesting. You're right, uh, uh, Brett, especially uh, – Turner Field. They were they were only there twenty years, and it's it, you know, that seems like a long time, but not for stadiums. Uh, but what I think what some of the clubs are running into, you know, Arizona's having a little discussion about their stadium. Um, uh, I know uh, Denver's even gone through a little bit with their stadium. I think what they're finding is a lot of these stadiums, and that's what happened at Turner Field, was they needed so um, so much money to kind of catch up to the times. Uh, and then the Braves wanted to develop around the stadium and they got into a big hassle with the, with the, uh, uh, the city. Uh, well, in another, well, uh, the two obvious ones that we need to figure out what they're going to do with their stadium is Oakland looks like they're going to go to Vegas and Tampa Bay. Uh, so, you know, things, they, they get updated so quick. You're right. I mean, it, it was it was kind of a surprising move for everybody, but their vision of what they did um, at uh, Truist Park with the Battery Atlanta in that whole surrounding area is, you know, it's incredible. It only took them two and a half years when you think about it to to build almost well build that little community uh, with apartments, shops, restaurants, the energy there. Um, what they've created there, the energy is is just incredible. Uh, I think they had 50,000 people in that uh, area outside the ballpark, uh, Brett, uh, during the World Series and playoffs, and 40,000 people inside. I mean, it was, it was insane. So they've had over 100 professional um, sports teams from around the world come and see what they've done, and it is the model for the future. Uh, people are, some stadiums are trying to retrofit something, an experience like the Braves have created there with the battery. Um, it's, it's fantastic. And they got a, you know, very good team, as you know. So yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I talked to Chipper, you talk about, uh, playing in that ballpark in, in Turner field and yeah, I'm, I'm glad I didn't play in that ballpark. Chipper told me he never hit a cheap one there. And I was like, man, I hit a few cheap ones in Fulton County stadium. Uh, the new ballpark seems fair, um, and you're right; they got a great team. But what they've created there, you're exactly right. It's uh, it's an incredible thing, and it's really the model for a future. Anybody building a stadium is going to have to create that mixed-use facility uh, immediately around the ballpark. Yeah, because you know we, as baseball players, as ex-baseball players, we we go to a million stadiums and we've seen them all. Yeah, meet them to walk away. It really did make an impression on me. I was I was yeah. really impressed with it. Uh, you know, just getting up the day of the the game that we went to that night. I mean, it was twelve o'clock. I was out looking for lunch, and it's like a full on block party. Like these guys yeah. are ready for a regular season game. Now the Phillies were in town. Uh, you know, a lot of Phillies fans and uh, on the East Coast, but still, twelve o'clock. It's buzzing already, and yeah. um, you know, after the game, it's like, all right, I, I wanted to go down and get an ice cream cone after the game. It's like, good luck waiting in line with yeah. with that many people. But, uh, yeah. you know, as a player, you you couldn't ask for anything cooler oh. than that. 
it, you know, Absolutely. the, just that, that, that electricity around the ball, uh, around the ballpark and your team for you, you got a, you've got a uh, restaurant there. When you go to your restaurant, when, when people you're walking around Atlanta these days, what do fans want to talk to you about? Because your time in Atlanta was a different time. It was yeah. the TBS days. It was right. WGN with the Cubs. It, I, I remember because when you start, first started playing, that's my childhood. That's right in my right. wheelhouse. And I was a baseball rat. So other than, you know, when I was at home watching dad's games in Philly, uh, right. the only game in town was the Braves or the Cubs. And yeah. it was kind of, you were, you were America's team on the Superstation. So, and, and you were the star on that team. Anyway, what, when you're walking around the city today in Atlanta, in Georgia, when you, when you're in that part of the country, what do people ask Dale Burphy? Yeah, you're right, Brett. A uh, different time and very thankful to play at that time. L let me tell you, it was, uh, um, you know, we, we had a few good years. We didn't have a lot of good years, but uh, uh, we had a few good years. Ted Turner put us on, you know, the, the Superstation, uh, got us on TBS and anywhere you had cable or, or a dish <laughs> if you're out in the country. Yeah, you could watch uh, TBS or you could watch the Cubs on WGN. So um, that's what people really want to know about. I mean, uh, you know, the restaurant's been fun. I uh, got some memorabilia up there, so that, it's been fun. But it's really been fun, to your question, to to reconnect with with people and fans from that era. You know, when you're playing, you're always trying to protect your privacy, and you, you kind of, you know, careful where you go out, and you just kind of protect you and your family. You want privacy. But, you know, now at, at my age, it's fun for me to reconnect. <laughs> and yeah to talk about those old days. I love to talk about the old days. People, they usually ask me what, where's Bob Horner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's playing golf somewhere. Yeah. Right. So Bob's doing great. He's in Dallas. Um, but, uh, they, they want to know what the, those guys from the eighties are doing really. Uh, you know, they want, they want to catch up and it really was a, a, a great time for, for a player to, to be in Atlanta. And, you know, I travel around, um, and, uh, people from all over the country, uh, you know, remember those TBS days of the, 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 uh, they, they've, uh, adopted, a, a a name as TBS kids, you know, and it sounds like you were a little bit of a TBS kid. I was, I was. Yeah. It, it's just, it was on. And I think, you know, it was on every night. Ted Turner said, we're going to put them on home and away every night. And people are like, that's, that's not going to work. And what they found out, if we weren't playing well, it did affect our home attendance. If we were playing well, it didn't have any effect. People, you know, locally, they'd watch it on TV and they would come down. But, you know, uh, it, it, I think it's, it, it is also a testament to what baseball needs. Baseball just needs exposure. People just need to see it to fall in love with the game. Uh, and that's what Ted Turner and that whole thing created was not only Braves fans, but fans of the game. They just love to you know, have, have baseball be a part of your evening every night. Um, and that's the kind of sport baseball is. It's a long, as you know, you, it's a long drawn out drama and, uh, a lot of ups and downs. And I might say our, our, our announcers, the core three were, uh, uh, Ernie Johnson, senior, uh, Pete Van Weeren and Skip Carey. And they, they brought people a great broadcast. They, they were professionals and, 
they were our broadcasters. People were getting a hometown broadcast. So it really endeared fans, you know, to the players. So so people feel connected to that that 80s team, the, those 80s years, uh, uh, just because, you know, we were out there. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And it, it I connect now. Uh, you know, I do some speaking. I have the restaurant. And uh, when I go to a, a, a company to speak, invariably, there'll be quite a few kid, well, TBS kids there yeah. that are in their 50s and 40s and 50s and 60s. Uh, it's uh, it's really fun to connect. I think that's the main thing, Brad, is, it, you know, people want to know, you know, what, you, what I've been doing and what the other guys are doing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You broke into the big leagues in 1976. I had no idea that you caught played first base a little bit. You know, you always think of Dale Murphy. He was the he was an outfielder. But uh how was that going from you know, I talked to my dad about it and it and it's so strange because I, I never came anywhere near a pair of a shin guards. But but dad was a third baseman in the minor. Really? Yeah. yeah. He didn't become a catcher until like triple A, I think. He tells me the story he's like well, Brett, it was me and Mike Schmidt. And somebody had to make a change, and I guess I was the odd man out. And I said, yeah, Dad, because you couldn't hit the ball over the wall consistently. I said, it gave you a 19-year big league career, and you became a, oh a, an unbelievable catcher. And he laughs about it. But uh, how was that change? Did, did you expect to be a catcher, or all of a sudden it's like, nope, this is where I'm going to end up? Well, it was a process. You know, interestingly enough, I, I so I was catching in high school. I was drafted as a catcher. I actually thought I was going to get drafted by the Phillies. Um, they they were the only team that flew me out. I was in Portland, Oregon. They were the only team that 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 wanted a pre-draft workout. So they flew me to Philly, um, and I knew the scout in Portland uh, with the Phillies. So that was the summer of 1974, Brett. I think your dad was there. Would, would I be right? Yeah, yeah. His first year was – he was kind of breaking in in 72. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he was there. Well, anyway, long story. I thought I I thought I had a chance of getting drafted. They ended up taking Lonnie Smith. Um, Skates. And, uh, yeah, yep. And so the one thing I remember about my tr- workout was it was so humid. I can't remember whose bat I grabbed for BP. Um, I think Ray Ripplemeyer is that is that a name? Am I getting that name right? Ray Ripplemeyer was definitely a coach number four for the Phillies. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> I think he I think he threw BP to us, and then we went out and they said, "Okay, we're going to run the sixty yard da- dash." Uh, Murphy and Wilson, you're first, and it was Willie Wilson. Willie Wilson, <laughs> good luck. <Yeah. laughs> So I got drafted by the Braves and, uh, you know, it was just catching. Yeah. I was a little, everybody goes, yeah, you're so tall. I go, well, there were a few tall catchers, but, but my arm, you know, I had a really good arm and in high school I hit really well. And so I was drafted as a catcher, but, uh, you know, really Brett just 
started throwing the ball all over the place, got a little case of the yips, got out of it. Uh, and I ended up catching about 80 total, about 80 games in, in the major leagues. But I just, you know, it, it, it just, um, I, I wasn't playing well enough to be an everyday catcher. And, uh, but, but then the, the problem for Bobby Cox back then was I started to hit some home runs. And so he's like, well, wait a minute, you know, if Murphy isn't going to catch, where are we going to put him? So he moved me to first base. Um, it didn't work out well there. I, I learned first base is a lot <laughs> tougher than it looks. Uh, and then Bobby called me uh, in the uh, winter of 79-80 and said, Murph, we're, you know, what about the outfield? And, you know, as a, as a kid and, you know, I always tell people if I was an outfielder moving to catcher, I'd have had big problems. But moving catcher to the outfield, I could run a little bit. I just, I just, you know, I just said, well, to my, I said to myself, this is, this is it. You know, I gotta, I gotta work this out in the outfield. So I just worked as hard as I could and, and uh, really relaxed mentally because, you know, my defense was not major league quality and I just, you know, I felt, felt good and confident. And then my career took off. So, you know, Bobby got me to the outfield. Uh, that's, uh, uh, you know, he, he had, as you know, you know, Bobby, he, he doesn't like to give up on guys. He, he, uh, he wants things to work out for you and, uh, is po always pulling for you. And he just said, let's, let's try the outfield. And, uh, he put me right in there. He says, you're, you're going to be starting left field. That's where I started and moved around a little bit, obviously during the rest of my career, but he just put me right in there and let's go. Yeah. Bobby, shoot, Bobby. Speaking of people in Atlanta that been around forever, Bobby Cox, yes. uh, and he was my skipper. And I, I know he was your skipper for a minute, went back yeah. upstairs, and then, uh, you know, eventually came down and went on that, uh, you know, everybody knows about the 90s run and, you know, uh, everything that the Braves have done. Uh, we had Brian Snitker on the on the show a few months ago, and he talked about Atlanta and that and that culture they built over those years, you know, Snit's been, we, we had a brief discussion about Snit, what a great guy he was and, and how, uh, you know, he's been in Atlanta for so long in every capacity. He goes, Booney, yeah. I've done everything you could do in Atlanta. And this last run for him where, where they, I think they won the division the last five years. Uh, Brian said, you know, I, and I thought the days of, of having a chance to be a big league manager had passed me by Brett. And he said, I was okay with that. And next thing you know, I get a phone call and I'm the skipper and then we're winning world series. And he said, I, I can't believe it's real, but real humble guy. You could tell guy that's yeah. done everything, appreciates everything he's had. And obviously right now it, kind of reaping the rewards of all that work he's put in all those years. Um, 76, you get your, you get your feet wet. Like we always do 77, kind of the same and 78 is where you first kind of break through. Uh, you hit 23 homers, uh, drive in 79. We're getting to those 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 peak years, you know, when, when you really, really, I'm looking at it, Murph, and, and it's like looking at the numbers, and I'm looking at that stretch that you had from about 82 to 86, and I said, this time of the game, he's he's got to be the best player in the game. for, And that's a long time to be the best. If you're the best for a year, it's like, I did pretty good. But you that that stretch is was was pretty darn impressive. I want to talk about Joe Torrey. Yeah. Before he was Joe Torrey. Yeah. Everybody, you know, 
today I'll, I'll be doing a show and they'll say, Booney, how important is the manager? I said, well, it helps to have some good players. And I always bring up Joe Torre. I said, Joe Torre is one of the, he's a Hall of Fame manager, revered around the world, got a ton of rings. I said, how was Joe Torre when he was managing the St. Louis Cardinals? Was he this guru? <laughs> I said, managers could only do so much. Yes, the great ones find yeah. a way to unlock uh, the, that player's potential. That, you know, there's so many different personalities. How do I get yeah. the best out of Dale Murphy and the best out of Brett Boone? We might have to take two different approaches. And the great ones know that. They're people person. Yeah. They're people people. Yeah. Um, but tell me about Joe Torrey. Like I said, before he was Joe Torrey, I know Joe Torrey, the player, was a hell of a player. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always kind of say it this way. Bobby Bobby saved my career. And and, and Joe, uh, 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 I had my best years under Joe because of Joe. Um, you know, uh uh, back then, uh, you know, we had hitting coaches, but it, it, managers were involved. Joe was a good hitter, won a batting title, um, good player. And uh, we really just synced up on hitting. And he talked to me all the time. And uh, and he was great to play for. You're right. Uh, different personalities uh, than Bobby Cox or than Brian Snitker. But there's guys that kind of have this, thing with people that make it motivating to play for them they kind of exhibit a trust you know in you there, there's there's nothing more valuable uh nothing more uh, uh motivating than a relationship with somebody who is leading you and knowing that that guy that man or woman trusts you uh gives you the freedom to you know create out there i mean i i didn't even think of me as a as a base dealer till joe tory gave me the green light the whole season. He said, you, you go whenever you want. And I ended up stealing over 20 bases in 82. And then 83, I ended up stealing 30. I, I But I had never thought about that until Joe said, you know what? I think you can steal more. I'm just going to give you the green light. You know, go ahead, go whenever you want. I mean, if you start messing up and going at stupid times, you know, we're going to, we're going to check that. But so, so you got this guy uh, in Joe that you're right. Uh, has to, you know, figure out how to get the best out of everybody. And it, it's uh, it's more of a, a relationship, not that you have to go to lunch and dinner with your players every night. It's more of you can say a lot of little things and just uh, demonstrate that you like your guys and that you trust them, you believe in them, and you're pulling for them. Uh, Bobby demonstrated that in a, in a lot of ways. One of them was getting kicked out of so many games and, People think, well, that's a weird way. I go, no, that 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 endears you to that manager. He's pulling for you. He's mad if you didn't get a fair shake out there from the umpire. All those kind of things really motivate players, you know, Brad. I mean, money is a great motivator, but I don't think it's the ultimate motivator. Uh, there's something about relationships that really work, and great managers have it inherently. Uh, I don't think you know any. We don't sometimes go to school. There's a lot of books on it. You can read about leadership and all that stuff. Uh, uh, but it really gets down to relationships. And I, I had a great relationship with Bobby, but Ted Turner fired him, hired Joe Torrey. And you're right. A lot of people forget about those years uh, before he became Joe Torrey. But, uh, you know, we, um, we didn't have 
a great team. We had a good team, but we won the division in 82. We finished second in 83. Uh, we, uh, um, 82, 83, 84, we finished second. Padres ran away with it. My, my Yeah, I think uh, um, we just clicked. And Joe did a great job for those years. And for some reason, uh, there was a little bit of a discussion within the Braves. We slipped a little bit in 84, and, and Ted Turner wanted to go a different direction. But, man, we, we had some good years under Joe, and then I was so happy for him to see that future success. But he's got those leadership qualities like good managers have. Yeah, you bring me back to the, the early 80s, and you said, you know, we, we – won in 82 and came in second back then you come in second place you're going home for the winter yeah you know yeah. i i laugh i'm do i do all these yeah. you know we get ready for the postseason and i'll you know i'm on where they'll have me on talking about the postseason i said well there's 12 freaking spots i yeah. said when, when i was a kid there was four it's crazy <laughs> you've got to win the yeah the, you know so that 162 and, and you know the new format completely understand it Oh, from an yeah. entertainment value from a fan's Absolutely. perspective. Yeah. Wow, yeah. it's a lot of fun keeping so many cities involved. Yeah. And, and that playoff, I'll tell you, if you make the playoffs, that's a landmine. That's treacherous. You got to go, you got to win four series. Yeah. So I don't think it's e necessary. I don't think it's easier to win the World Series point. now. Yeah. But it, it just, it's, it's changed because the emphasis isn't on that 162 game yeah. grind and the best, you know, kind of emerges just different time, but, uh, Oh yeah. You know, we go forward with everything. Um, how about, how about Brett? We, we got into the playoffs in 82, it's five game series. <laughs> That's it to go to the five games. Right. We just played 162 <laughs> beat everybody. And, and yeah. We're going to drag it out five games. Well, my starting pitcher had a rough day. Oh, well, now it's four games. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it was rough. And That's we got, a tough league. We, yeah, we got swept by the by the Cardinals, yeah. and it, it was just like, what what just happened? We just had a great six months, and then you know, See in, in a week, <laughs> it was crazy. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.